Our scripture reading today is from Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Every seventh year you shall grant a remission of debts, and this is the manner of the remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor, not exacting it, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but you must remit your claim on whatever any member of your community owes you. There will, however, be no one in need among you, because the Lord is sure to bless you in the land that the Lord God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. When the Lord your God has blessed you, as he promised you, you will lend to many nations. But you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. If there is among you anyone in need, a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand, willingly lending enough to meet the need, whatever it may be. Be careful that you do not entertain a mean thought, thinking the seventh year, the year of remission, is near, and therefore view your needy neighbor with hostility and give nothing your neighbor might cry to the Lord against you. And you would never, and you would incur guilt. Give liberally and be ungrudging when you do so, for on the account of the Lord, your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. Since there will never cease to be some in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. Also, Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is one who is good if you wish to enter into this life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all of these. Where do I, what, where do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will be, have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Deb. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us. 
that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Have you heard the story of the little girl who got her hand stuck in the cookie jar? Probably because I've told this one before. But literally, she put her hand in the jar to get a cookie and it would not come out. She pulled. She shook. She whimpered. But quietly, she didn't want her mom to know she was trying to sneak snacks before dinner time. But eventually her frustration got bigger than her embarrassment or fear of getting in trouble, and she called out, Mama, come help me, I'm stuck. Her mother came running, and upon seeing the situation, took a minute to assess what was going on. She gently took her daughter's arm and peered at the cookie jar dangling from the end of it. Then she tried not to laugh, seeing the fist that her daughter had made around the treat. Oh, my sweetie, all you need to do is let go of the cookie. Today we continue our stewardship sermon series called Our Money Story. Reverend Lauren started it last week, helping us remember that we are part of a larger story, a story of God's grace, forgiveness, and love. I did forget to say that uh, Reverend Lauren's feeling a little worn out this weekend, so he stayed home today, so prayers for Lauren. Today we consider our, today, sorry, we are invited to release, that's our word for today, release, if you remember the words we used during the prayer time, release means to relieve from something that confines, burdens, or oppresses. When it comes to money, many of us long to release shame, fear, or past harm. Today we consider our own money stories, sometimes called money scripts. The experiences of our early lives that have given us a story about money. Amanda Cruz, an online writer with Why We Money, writes this. A money story is a personal narrative about money. It makes up your beliefs, thoughts, and feelings about money and affects your financial behaviors. Money stories are often generational and culturally based. Your money story started forming in early childhood. It passed down to you from your parents and the other influences in your young life. As a child, you observed the adults in your life even when they didn't know you were paying attention. So that, that's something for parents and grandparents to think about, right? You heard conversations and casual comments as you noticed how your parents handled financial situations. You sensed strong emotions and remembered specific experiences, particularly those that were traumatic or uncomfortable. You might not think how you picked up on how money was handled when you were young, but it affected you. 
and it formed the beginning of your money story. Maybe some of your parents or grandparents lived through the Great Depression. Anyone? And then for the rest of their lives, they scrimped and saved and reused foil and washed plastic silverware. Anyone? Um, at least that's what my grandmother did. Or maybe you lived in a family where shopping was a hobby, unable to resist spending, even if it was for items that weren't needed, always needing to have the latest flashy gadget or viral online item that everyone has. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe your parents always saved money, and so you do too. Or maybe you lived in a household where your parents argued about money, and maybe you do too. Or maybe there was a cloud of debt always hanging over your home. Now, none of these experiences are good or bad. They just are. But what can be harmful, what can be harmful, not always, but what can be are the feelings that remain from those experiences. Maybe feelings of entitlement or guilt or fear that can result because of what you went through as a kid. A lot of pastors do not enjoy talking about money, but did you know that Jesus talked more about money in the Bible than he did almost anything else? And I think it's uncomfortable to talk about money because talking about money is emotional. Because our ideas behind it are tied to these experiences and memories that bring up feelings within us. And sometimes those feelings are not comfortable. Consider some of these questions for yourself. What was the attitude around money in your home growing up? What were the attitudes about spending or saving or giving? Did you feel that you had more than or less than or about the same? as others. Now the follow-up questions to those questions are, how do those experiences affect you today? Are they helping or hurting you? Our scriptures today flip the script on many of our money stories. Did you hear it? Did you feel it? Like, whoa, that's a little different. The Deuteronomy passage, for instance, offers jubilee, the clearing of debts for all people, the offering of resources freely to those in need. All of this in the name of God and as a spiritual practice to separate the worth of a person from their financial situation. For those in debt so crushing that they might never get out from under it or even future generations get out from under it, 
Jubilee offers a release from shame. For those that have nothing and face every day as a fight for survival, Jubilee offers a release from fear. For those that feel they have power and control over others just because they have more money in their purse, release from self-righteousness. Which is also the invitation that Jesus gives to the wealthy young man who is trying to follow the way of Christ, but upon hearing that he should to be perfect, make sure you heard that part, to be perfect, sell everything and go. Upon hearing that he should let go of all of his security, his possessions, his money, walks away with his head down and his heart heavy. And I don't know about you, from my perspective, all these many years later, I kind of outwardly shake my head at that young man. Oh, goodness. But inwardly, I also grieve. Because I have things I don't want to give up. I have a family with needs and bills to pay and a home to keep up. The young man grieves because this is an emotional task, just as much as it's a physical or a financial one. He grieves perhaps because his money gives him identity, or maybe because his possessions give him comfort, or because his wealth offers him power. Whatever it is, he grieves because he is clinging to a story about what he has and how the story will turn sour if he lets go. The invitation to the young man and to us today is to release any stories that tie our worth to our money or our possessions. I'm not so sure that it's really actually about giving up everything that we have, but giving up the idea that our money is everything that we have. So let me say that again. I'm not sure the invitation that Jesus offers is actually about giving everything we have away. Instead, it's about giving up the idea that our money is everything that we have. And so today we're invited to consider our story. What parts of our stories are helpful and what parts of them are harmful and what needs to be let go. And once we are able to release our unhelpful feelings about money, we are able and free to receive with open hands and open hearts that story that God invites us into. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.